0: What are you talking about? Hell no. Uh Uh-uh, that ain't gonna fly. Facts, homie. Straight facts. I just want to keep it real. It's all I know. Fake news? Uh Uh-uh. Why would you do that? Exactly where did you get that from? Nah, can't believe it. Man, you gotta come with some papers. You got to show papers on that. This is it, man. This is the start... This is the start. Yeah, man, this is how it's going to start. It, yes, man, real spiel. This is how it's going to start. The show starts. Huh? Yes, man, the intro. Real spiel. Real spiel. Yes, real. Yes, yes, real indeed. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Whether you're listening morning, afternoon, evening, or night, does not matter it's being recorded wednesday september 18th around three o'clock p.m you are listening to bryant jones and it would be much appreciated if you could leave us a five star review on whatever platform it is you're listening to me apple spotify or anchor it don't take but another 30 seconds to write a nice comment be a decent human being whether you liked or dislike something about the podcast i will attempt to integrate that into future conversations but I only ask that you take time to do so. Today, I was reminded of one of my biggest fears in life. That is becoming the old feeble man who forgot how to parallel park his damn car. This thought comes to mind as I was sitting in the Safeway parking lot around lunchtime waiting for a parking spot to materialize, as I do. Who knew parking spots would be so hard to come by at Safeway at 1230 on a Wednesday, but apparently no one works. As I'm sitting in a handicapped spot, waiting on an older gentleman walking to his car at a very, very molasses-like pace, it's the only way to describe it, couldn't have been any older than 65, 70, it's hard to tell with white folks, y'all age terribly, he could have been 48. For whatever reason, crow's feet and wrinkles manifest themselves way sooner in melanin-deficient skin than it does in this cocoa-buttered, moisturized perfection. Now, I say all this to say, regardless of the man's age, somewhere between 48 and 80, he should have been moving at a much more rapid pace. However, I get why he was cruising along. You're not in a rush. Where are you going, to die? And I'm not an ageist, okay? I respect the wisdom that old folks have to part in many different respects. But moving quickly and driving a vehicle ain't one of them. And judging by the Trump bumper sticker adorning the rear bumper of this man's Cadillac, I don't think he had much wisdom to impart on me personally. A fun thing about living in the D.C. area is I get to ride a lot of public transportation. Some people might not consider that fun, but it's amusing to say the least. I compare a lot of the older vintage clothes that I have to the civil rights era drip that some old folks will have on uh, uh, buses and metros around the city. Dudes who have Ferragamo shoes that I'm sure an Italian cobbler made for him in Harlem in 1948 when Buddy got his first job working in one of the buildings on Wall Street. Kept those shoes. Kept them shined up. Replaced the laces. Replaced the loafers on the bottom. The uh, soles. Get a little insert. Still rocking them. They orthopedic style now. But it always resonates with me because I know I have some jerseys or you know, a t-shirt or something that I'm holding on to from high school. I guarantee Earl or Eugene or Francis, which is a unisex name for old folks, if you can keep up. sure they're doing, I'm positive they're doing the same. Now, one facet of aging is your viewpoints tend to get a little out of whack with the way the rest of society deems things should be. Think about Old folks to say, I miss the old days or the way things used to be, the way things once were. What are they referring to? Civil rights for black folks, interracial marriage. What exactly are they pointing to that was so great in these olden days to which they refer? But even if you talk to someone like my grandmother, she so they or say things were much simpler and ignorance is bliss when topics or issues aren't as complex to comprehend things can be delivered in sound bites and the government and media can control the narrative to the largest extent it's much more easier to digest everything going on around you you feel some sense of a lack of control of the circumstances in which you might find yourself and with that inability to change the status quo as it were you may find yourself falling into familiar patterns of thinking matching those surrounding you. So say you're a kid growing up in Alabama in the 1950s, you're going to adopt the same ignorant methodologies that a lot of those around you think, whether it's your parents, your grandparents, or the preacher at your church. Now, some people may grant leeway or leniency to these rigid ways of thinking, and in some cases, I'll do the same. But just keep in mind, a lot of these individuals have since aged Which, last time I checked, is supposed to cue maturity, wisdom, experience gathered from a lifetime of meeting other people from diverse cultures. That's the idea. But especially if you work in media. I'm talking about Paul Feinbaum at this specific point in time. This morning I heard him on Get Up with Greenie, speaking recklessly about Cam Newton after just speaking glowingly about Eli Manning. If you're not familiar with who either of these two people are, tune out in the next few minutes. But I'm presuming most people know who the Mannings are, whether or not you're a fan of football. And most people know who Cam Newton is. Especially if you're black. And if you listen to this podcast you don't know who Cam Newton is, shut it off right now because I'm not for you. Paul Feinbaum is a Southern commentator on talk radio. He spends his days arguing back and forth with racists. I don't believe Paul Feinbaum is racist. As I mentioned, he may be an Alabama alum, so the bias built into his perspective on Cam Newton as a professional quarterback is probably a bit muddied, mired in a lack of perspective, clearly. I mean, people down in Alabama poison trees and shit, so they're completely disillusioned when it comes to college football. And everyone in Alabama isn't a racist, and everyone who calls in to Paul Feinbaum's show isn't racist, but I'll tell you what they are. They're radical. They're extreme. And if you're extreme and hold a radical view on football, who knows what else you hold a radical extreme viewpoint on. If you're willing to call into a talk radio show and spew fire at Paul Feinbaum on his hot take about Jalen Hurts and the way Coach Saban is pissed at fans not showing up to games that they're blowing out Mississippi State, you're probably not a rational individual. But really this leads to a larger conversation about the way black quarterbacks are scouted by nfl scouts covered by nfl media and discussed in nfl circles at large because the idea that cam newton is disingenuous or fake or thinks he's above the law based on some arbitrary profile nolan naraki did on him back in 2010 is unfair it's an unfair character assassination of a young man that didn't even get a chance to prove himself in the nfl and once he did did nothing but succeed on the field paul feinbaum sounded like a republican strategist in the reagan campaign trying to sway the white vote to the christian candidate talking about cadillac driving welfare queens and strapping young bucks buying t-bone steaks with food stamps come on man you're gonna tell me Cam Newton really brought the Panthers down the last four years as if he wasn't an NFL MVP, as if he didn't single handedly take them to the Super Bowl with a solid defense led by Luke Keekley, I might add. But come on, man. Get your head out of your ass. Eli Manning has brought down the Giants the last three years with terrible play and a very, very strong last name. I will give him that. I'm so happy Ryan Clark and Dominic Foxworth were there to put him in his place. And I don't agree with those dudes often, but today. I was happy for their position on GetUp as the token blacks. Speaking of Dominic Foxworth, he had a hot take about the Dolphins saying organizations need to do a better job protecting players. This is ridiculous that they're out there tanking on purpose. Man, if you're on the team, play better. This is my take on it. I'm a fan. Okay, the players aren't the stakeholders being screwed over most here as a fan of the Dolphins, which I'm not. If I were, I'd be highly upset. If I was forced to pay the exact same ticket price, the organization not going to suffer with me. Shit. Last I checked, all them players still getting paid weekly. If you want to play better and put out better film, do so. Most dudes in the league have a three year lifespan anyway. So most of those dudes on that team are going to be players that are in transition, transition to another team or transition out of the league. Any player worth the shit like Tunsil, uh, Fitzpatrick, Kenny Stills. They all got traded for top assets, and that's what's going to happen. The rest of them dudes, the Fitzpatrickses and the uh, Josh Rosens and all the other, you know, no-name players on that team are just going to continue to be that on other teams. People recognize what's going on. If I feel sorry for anyone, it's the GM and the head coach because it's one of the few black GM, black head coach combinations in the league, and just so happens they're in the 76ers situation, but... You know, genius was appreciated in due time. So if they're able to stockpile five or six picks that later another GM can benefit from and people recognize and get my boy a job somewhere else, good for him. Strategy work. But there's so much hyperbole being tossed around NFL media lately. I mean, Antonio Brown's crazy and the Dolphins are a disgrace and the NFL's becoming the NBA. What are we going to do? If you didn't hear Steve Young's ridiculous tirade on Monday Night Football about player mobility and all you got to do is just call your agent. They're going to talk about putting you on the Patriots or the Chiefs and it's going to happen. Last I checked, Steve Young was on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being somewhat from the Tampa area. I'm quite positive that was the case in the late 1980s and he forced his way to a contender. Yeah, the San Francisco 49ers where he could be a backup, not even a starter, a backup. So I don't want to hear shit from Steve Young. You lose all credibility and credence on this topic because you were a player who wanted to go somewhere to win. Ultimately, players want to win. Either they want to get the bag or they want to win. They want to do both. But if you can't do one, you might as well do the other. Jalen Ramsey's in a situation where he's neither getting the bag nor winning, and he hasn't held out at one of the most important positions in the league. If I want to force my way to a team that's actually going to pay for my services in an adequate fashion and use them in an adequate fashion so that we can get some W's around this bitch, yeah, I'm going to make that call. I'm going to make that call. I'm good enough to make that call. He's a cornerback. Okay, as a primary position. Dude's going to command 20 to $25 million a year on the open market. Yeah, I said it. He probably maybe not 2025. He's going to command anywhere between 18 to like 25 million a year on the open market. Cornerbacks go for high dollar amounts. Darrell Revis went for 16 million a year like five years ago. So that should tell you how much of the bag will overflow with for Jalen Ramsey. But the Jags weren't coming up off it. So it was time to make that move. So Buddy's going to bust a move. And he didn't make the news public. According to he and his team, it was The Jags, who decided to make it public knowledge that he requested to no longer be with the team, but cooler heads should prevail, and I expect the deal to be done by the end of the week, sending Jalen Ramsey to either the Tennessee Titans or the Oakland Raiders for a first-round pick and maybe a second or third or late second, something like that. It will be a nice package that they'll get for him. Young corner, early 20s, best in the league, yeah. The thing is, that move benefits the Jags. Okay, you can get a major haul for a young cornerback. They already have another good corner in A.J. Bouye. They already paid Miles Jack. They have a solid defense pass rush without Jalen Ramsey, as important as he is at that position. They'll get a solid haul for him and draft another corner that's going to be serviceable. It's smart business for the team. It's nothing like the NBA, where a team can be left high and dry. LeBron James left the Cavs high and dry, and had they not gotten a first-round pick in the form of Kyrie Irving— they wouldn't have been in a position to get LeBron James back a few years later. You can leave a team with nothing as an NBA athlete. You can force your way out of an organization or out of a market anytime you want, because you're a star player. You can have no trade clauses that say, I'm not going there. If I don't want to go there, Kevin Garnett, circa 2008, Boston Celtics. All these things are Built into the NBA structure because it is a players' league, the shield versus the logo, Jerry West versus the NFL insignia. All right, it's always going to be more about the players as opposed to the NFL, where it's always about protecting the bottom line of each individual member club. So, all the hysteria wax on, wax off, woo saw, calm your ass down. No players view themselves as NBA commodities, all right? Anytime those paychecks come week to week or anytime the free agency wire comes down in the summer and they're looking at what NBA athletes are signing for compared to what they get paid, they know where the hierarchy is. They know exactly where they fall in line of, in terms of professional sports hierarchy. Odell Beckham Jr. is the only player in the league that can command a huge audience outside of football circles. You know, he's one of the few players in the league where you know what he looks like without his helmet off. You know Tom Brady, Odell Beckham Jr., Aaron Rodgers. There's a few of them and it's because they do commercials. Dak Prescott might start to get in that that lane because he's Dallas Cowboy quarterback. But I always gauge it where if my mom knows who you are, then you must be doing something in the sport because my mom doesn't watch football on a regular basis. She knows a lot of pittsburgh steelers from our championship year she still talks about troy Polamalu and head and shoulders commercials donovan McNabb, chunky suit but these old heads need to recognize these are unique circumstances for unique athletes just like when john elway was forcing his way from the baltimore colts to the denver broncos because he said he was going to play for the yankees that's what you can do when you're an elite level athlete that's a high commodity bo jackson did the same thing except he ended up after to actually play baseball because the Tampa Bay Bucks called his bluff and drafted his ass anyway. And he said, you know what? I'm not playing for the Bucks. I don't have to play. <laughs> Apparently the owner or whoever set up the meeting lied to Bo and told him he would still be eligible to play spring baseball, even if he took the meeting with the Bucks. but that wasn't the case. So he forever hated the Bucks organization, whether that's true or not. I don't know. I think MLB was probably just paying a little bit more upfront. Apparently, the settlement amount for Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed's disclosed or non-disclosed amount was disclosed. It became public knowledge that it was less than ten million dollars that both received. I don't know if they each individually received less than ten, or if that ten million is for both of them to cover all legal fees and to pocket. That cover all the damages that they would have recouped had they been able to have NFL careers for the time that they missed. I don't know. I mean it was first reported that Kaepernick was getting somewhere between 60 and 80 million. Who knows where the hell that name came from? I thought he was for sure gonna get like $120 million or something because it's very easy to prove that he's being blackballed for the reasons that everyone knows he's being blackballed for. The only thing is what's the earning potential or earning power of an NFL quarterback well going rate if you were to put someone on the franchise tag is like 22 million bucks right now that's what Kirk Cousins was getting right 23 million so Kaepernick should get that for at least three or four years I mean he was making 16 million a year or 17 million a year or something like that when he was with San Francisco so maybe he should have at least gotten that for another four or five years but The league should have came up off a decent amount, and there's a reason it's not fully disclosed. I I find it hard to believe that he and Eric Reed got less than $10 million unless they just had terrible representation as defense. As for whether or not he'll ever play in the league again, it's pretty obvious he won't. How many quarterbacks come back after three-year layoffs? Uh, Andrew Luck might. He might be the first quarterback to come back and just say, you know what, I'm feeling it again. You know, it happens in basketball sometimes. Uh, Carson Palmer, take that back. Carson Palmer came back after a layoff, didn't he? And, you know, I, I, I think there's a possibility, but Kaepernick, if we're being 100% honest, stats-wise and ability-wise, was on his way out of the league when all this stuff started happening. I mean, he was already a backup. And Jim Harbaugh and that whole system and way of playing was sort of on his way out of the league. There's a reason Jim Harbaugh's at Michigan right now. The league sort of figured it out and whether or not kaepernick was a product of jim harbaugh's success or vice versa he definitely started to deplete in terms of his ability those last two years we can all say that it's safe to say then he became a martyr for the cause we respect and appreciate that but does that mean you can be a successful quarterback for a team now in 2019 the league is more acceptable of the veer option and RPO and all the things Cam Newton was doing successfully back in 2011, 2012, 2013. League is way more open to those things now. I always compare Kaepernick to like a baby Cam Newton with a more awkward release. That's still the case. I've seen his workout videos. Still has the awkward release. Is much thinner than he used to be. I just don't know. You can always justify not bringing Cap in under the guise of having a skiing guy, having a younger guy, you know, not wanting to pay the veteran minimum, all those things. But because the quarterback is such a high commodity position in the league and in sports at large, you would think somebody would take a flyer on bringing them in. What's the risk reward? As a general manager, I don't think you're going to get fired. And as an owner, you're not going to lose much money. And it's unfair to characterize all owners under the same umbrella. You know, Shad Khan, I'm sure, isn't prejudiced against Kaepernick's cause. I don't know that for a fact, but that dude's Saudi Arabian. He's a billionaire. He probably isn't even aware. And that's why I appreciated Stephen A for bringing up the fact that somebody like Jay-Z as a billionaire from this culture should make him aware. and Make all of them aware if they're not. But I guarantee you Arthur Blank knows what's going on. You know, he's not an idiot. A lot of these dudes know what. Know what's going on. uh Paul Allen, RIP, owned the Seattle Seahawks. He wasn't against Kaepernick's cause. A lot of teams talked about bringing Kaepernick in. That was one of them. I think this has more to do with the circus surrounding Kaepernick not justifying his level of play or what his perceived level of play will be on the field. Same reason Tim Tebow was kept out of the league. Should Tim Tebow have been given another opportunity? after the uh denver broncos he was philadelphia eagles uh new england patriots all those teams brought him in but after that it became pretty obvious that his ability wasn't worth the media circus that was going to necessitate you know having press credentials to talk to a second string quarterback like he was with the new york jets i mean he was a backup quarterback doing press runs it didn't make sense so here we are again. A lot of hurt quarterbacks. Drew Brees. Teddy Bridgewater's his backup. I'll take Teddy B over Colin Kaepernick, even when Kaepernick was healthy and playing as a backup before all this happened. You know, I'm not saying at Kaepernick's best I would take Teddy Bridgewater over him, but twenty sixteen Kaepernick, yeah. I'm taking Bridgewater over that. Or twenty fifteen Kaepernick, whatever's the last year he played in the league, when he was throwing those duck balls. I mean, he people forget how bad he looked those last two years he he looked really bad there's a reason he was on the bench not to say anything about the cause all right if Kaepernick came back and looked good I would root for him I'm rooting for him if he never comes back and that's beside the point I'm more upset that people are talking about boycotting a league that is more than 65 percent African American where those players share in the direct revenue from all media relations, all press obligations, like everything. So the less you watch, the less money you're putting in those players' pockets to have an impact on a lot of the communities and a lot of the activities and progression that people claim to want to see. You're talking about one man, Kaepernick. Yeah, he's a representative, representation of a much larger issue in the league, like I talked about. The way black quarterbacks are covered, treated, and the way black people are Discussed in society, the way we're treated in society. Yes, he's a representative of all those things, but he's also well taken care of monetarily, financially, and he got to play the game he loved at a very high level in the NFC title game and in the Super Bowl. Everybody doesn't get a 10, 20-year career. Everybody can't be Tom Brady. And whether or not Colin Kaepernick decided to kneel, he probably wasn't going to be. I root for Kaepernick in all his endeavors, whether it be on the field or off the field. I'll always be a fan and anybody listening to this take that gleans anything from it other than love and a contextual understanding or explanation of what happened or what is happening or what should happen from my perspective. I don't know what to tell you. Continuing the discussion of black quarterbacks as Cam slowly begins to break down based on all the physical damage he's taken from that position When will it end? We see Lamar Jackson coming. We see Kyler Murray on the horizon. Kyler Murray's more in the vein of a Russell Wilson to me. And not just because of their similar statures. It's literally because they look the same the way they play. Very compact baseball-like releases. Durable, stocky builds that know how to get down and avoid contact. Quicker than they are fast. Just a lot of those same traits apply to both players but you look at lamar and yeah it looks like he knows how to avoid contact sometimes but other times it looks like he's taking it on like a receiver he's been better about getting out of bounds this year but deshaun watson lamar jackson look at cam newton as an example of what not to do okay i understand he played at a high level for five years there and he looked unstoppable he's six five two sixty You're not going to be able to do a lot of the things that he could do. And even him doing those things, you see what it led to. Leads to a dude who can't stay healthy for longer than a few weeks. They're coming after you. They're coming at your neck. We need to be better about protecting these dudes. Deshaun Watson has the potential to be an NFL MVP. You watch that dude play, there was nothing short of amazement every single game. Every single game. But you know what else you see Every single game. him taking a major shot that he shouldn't have taken. And I'm glad they got Lermy Tunsil up there to start blocking for him on the left side, but even he gave up a sack last game. I'm getting really in the weeds here about football stuff, but there's a lot to talk about the last few weeks. I'm not even gonna get into the Antonio Brown allegations because it seems like those are gonna take care of themselves before the season even gets midway through. So everybody is aware of the fact A.B. plays for the Patriots now. If you've listened to my podcast in the past, you know my take on AB. Great player. Don't know about him as a person. Definitely think he's misunderstood. But all in all, good riddance. <laughs> good riddance, man. Le'Veon Bell, I saw your most recent music video. Good riddance to you as well. The Steelers will be just fine with Mike Tomlin building from the ground up. Big Ben shoulder injury or elbow injury out for the year. Karma's a bitch, man. I don't think he's a great person either. All these things sort of compiled on top of one another, but it's going to lead to good things, great things. And I'm happy for Lamar Jackson. All these fans out here that say, oh, Cleveland Browns took a nail, Steelers took a nail. This satisfies me as a Ravens fan. How can you wallow in the sorrow of other fan bases? That's never been me. You're a desperate, miserable motherfucker. I mean, it's just the uh, uh, luxury of being a Steeler fan, I suppose. When you win so much, you don't have to worry about that nonsense. But I'd see Ravens fans making posts like, bro, just enjoy the fact that your quarterback is throwing for 250 and running for 130. Just enjoy the fact that he's got the same statistics as last year's NFL MVP to this point in the season. Seven touchdowns, no picks, QBR above 90, running way better than Mahomes ever could dream of running. Just be happy. Be satisfied with the fact you got a nice downfield threat in Hollywood Brown that doesn't seem as crazy as his cousin Antonio. But you won't really know until you pay him, right? That Miami'll come out, boy. Once that Miami come out, you don't know how to act, boy. Last thing I wanted to get into briefly was UVA coach Anthony Bennett. I believe his name is. I I I might be getting it wrong. Tony Bennett. I think it's Tony Bennett. Whenever I hear Tony Bennett, I think of the singer. So. Forgive me if that's not buddy's name. I'm pretty sure it's Anthony Bennett. When I think of college basketball, Anthony Bennett, I think of the bust that went to the Cleveland Cavs. And, you know, again, I'm getting too deep in the weeds here. But for y'all that know, you know. Anyway, the head coach of UVA, I think his name is Tony Bennett. I'm going to look it up right now. Bear with me for a second because it's bothering me. So you type in Tony Bennett, fucking the American singer comes up. Yeah, Tony Bennett, UVA. So, yeah, he's the head coach of the men's basketball team, and he gave up his salary increase for one year. And everybody's acting like, oh, it's such a good deal. Oh, more coaches need to do this. Why doesn't Nick Saban do this? Okay. What he did was make sure that he fostered some goodwill amongst the UVA fan base, alumni, and college athletics as a whole, while still ensuring he's able to keep his best staff And take care of the athletic department as a whole. Because that money is just staying within the athletics department. It's not like professors are going to get a raise. It's not like he gave the science department more money. Now I did hear he gave $500,000 to UVA. That's great. But he's going to see that money down the line. Either from another school that's going to pay him. A pro team that's going to want to pay him. Or UVA that's going to pay him. Okay, He's going to get paid. The idea that he forwent one year of extra money. That's going right into the pockets of the rest of his coaches, which is a great thing. I mean, if you're his coaches, most definitely. I mean, more coaches should do that. If Nick Saban did that more often, Jeremy Pruitt probably, or not Jeremy Pruitt, but Kirby Smart probably wouldn't be coaching against him. Jeremy Pruitt's coaching against him too in Tennessee, but that's not really much of a threat. And on that note, I'm going to call it quits for this cast. I appreciate everyone who took the time to tune in and listen to me babble incoherently and sometimes coherently. Uh, Please, again, leave five star review on whatever platform it is. You're listening to the podcast. Continue to listen, share, rate, review. Uh, Check out the Instagram page. I post wild videos. Share those videos like them. Uh, Much love. Peace and chicken grease. Deuces.